Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. Special welcome to our online campus and those of you that are here. So today is Move Up Sunday in our kids area. So for those of you that don't have kids or even those of you that do have kids and didn't know this, what happens today is kids move up into the next classroom if they've aged up. So our up-and-coming sixth graders who are going to start sixth grade in the fall, they're going to be in the middle school class for the first time today. You know, our up-and-coming kindergartners are going to be in the elementary room. And this is a big deal for kids. You know, sometimes it can be a little intimidating. So we celebrate that. And one of the ways we celebrate that is we have Aloha Eddie in the Hawaiian ice truck here at church today. You know, nothing like filling your kids full of sugar before we send them home to be with you guys. But so I'm going to try to finish a minute or two early, and I want to encourage you to get your kids, your grandkids. You don't even have to have kids, all right? This is for everybody to celebrate our kids. And if you see one of those kids that moved up, Today, I want you to congratulate them, but enjoy some Hawaiian ice after the service today. Now, listen, those of you that are joining us for the first time online or you're here in person for the first time, first of all, we really mean what we say in that welcome. We're not going to single you out. We're not going to make you do anything or ask you for anything. We're just glad that you're with us. And I'm going to kind of bring you up to speed on where we've been since the last Sunday or is the Sunday after Easter. We kicked off this new series that we're in called FaithWorks. And what we've been doing is looking at how practical our faith really is. How God didn't just leave us some empty faith, empty promises that doesn't work, but we can actually apply our faith into our life to help us no matter what we're dealing with in life. And so today we're going to finish up that series, and I want to talk about something called integrity. Because we have a faith that desires for us to have integrity all the time, if we follow Christ. Now listen, I know some of you don't follow Christ yet, some of you do, but those of us that follow Christ, we have to have integrity. And and when you hear that word, that word integrity, things start to surface in your mind, right? You think of people that you know that have integrity, but then you also probably think about people you know who don't have integrity. They're not honest. They're not truthful. They lack integrity. Or maybe you think about a business, right? A business that has treated you well. They've always had integrity. You've always had a great dealing with them. And then we all have those experiences where we've dealt with a business that didn't have a lot of integrity, right? They they weren't truthful to us. They were dishonest, maybe even took advantage of us, and we lost some money. Or sometimes we think about leaders, And do they have integrity or not? But integrity is one of those characteristics that is essential in our life. But it's not just essential in our life. It's crucial to our faith. Well, why is that important? Why do I have to have integrity when it comes to my faith journey and my faith uh, faith walk? Let's say this. Let's say you are the only picture of following Christ a person's ever going to have. They're going to look to you to determine their feelings about who Christ is or what Christ 
is all about. They're never going to go to a church. They're never going to open a daily devotional. They'll never read the Bible. Uh, They're never going to go to a, a wedding. All right? You are the only picture of Christ and what it means to have a relationship with Christ that they're ever going to see. Kind of scary, right? But what are they going to say when they look at your life? What are they going to think when they look at your life? You know, think about people in general that don't have a relationship with God. What do they think about Christians? Is it positive? Is it negative? You know, what Christians want to be known for, what Christ wants us to be known for, is it an accurate reflection in the world we live in today? Or have we gotten off track? Have we gotten sideways? You don't have to read very far in the Bible to figure out pretty quickly that integrity is very important to God, right? God cares deeply about his reputation, He can protect his own reputation, but he cares about his reputation because all through the scripture, he says, for my glory, do this for my glory, for my glory, for my glory. But not only does God care about his reputation, he cares about our reputation because we are what? We're his representatives here on this earth. Jesus said we represent him every single day of our lives. So God doesn't just care about his reputation. He cares about the reputation of his children, right? His family, the body of Christ. And if we're not careful and if we don't walk through life with integrity, then we could bring dishonor to his name. So it's of the utmost importance to God that we have integrity. You know, one of the main reasons people will reject Christ is because of something a Christian has done or something a, a Christian has said or way they've handled themselves or handled a situation or they've been, you know, there's a bunch of hypocrisy in their life or they're judgmental. And the way we respond to things in life, no matter how good things are going, how bad things are going, no matter what circumstances that you and I face, how we react to that is crucial to our witness for Christ. Right? Because people are constantly watching. And that's why God wants us and desires for us to be people of integrity. So our notes for today, all the scripture verses that I'm going to use in the learnings, they're available on the Church Center app. If you haven't downloaded that, I want to encourage you to do that. If you're streaming with our online campus, there's a link you can follow for our notes. Or you can simply scan that QR code in your seat back. You don't have to follow along with the notes. They're there for you. But Proverbs 27, 21 says this, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. Think about that. Now that verse is not talking about our worth to God. It's talking about what other people think about us and what other people say about us. And let's say in your line of work that you're praised often. You do a pretty good job, and, and you're often praised by your superiors or, or by your peers. How do you handle that? It tells a lot about a person of how you handle praise. Do we get kind of arrogant and prideful and our head gets so big it won't fit through the door You know, when we go home? Or do we remain humble and full of integrity, and we keep going forward and building our character and doing what Christ has called us to do? You can tell a lot about a person when you praise them. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1 says this, a good reputation 
is more valuable than costly perfume. And the day you die is better than the day you were born. We carry that reputation with us, don't we? We, we take our character with us. Our reputation is everything. 2 Corinthians 8.21 says, We're being as careful in our reputation with the public as in our reputation with God. What does that mean? That means you and I, we have to have a good reputation with believers and we have to have a good reputation with unbelievers. Right? And if you know anything about the history of our church from day one, we have always been a church that helps people to find and follow Jesus. That's our goal. We've set up for the outsider to help the outsider find Jesus, but then all of us that have Jesus to follow Jesus. So we have to have a good reputation. Those of you that would check the box and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, we have to have a good reputation and good interaction with each other, good integrity with each other, so that we can reach those outside of Christ who don't know Christ. And fulfill what Christ has left us here on this earth to do, to tell other people about him. When you read the Bible, it's clear God wants the outside of us to match the inside, doesn't he? Right? What's on the inside, he wants to come out on the outside. So he gives us some ideas of how to work on the inside. And that's often what we're talking about on a Sunday. But the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians is a great place to start. Isn't it? Those are characteristics of Christ. Those are characteristics of the Spirit. And God says they're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we can build those things and continue to work on those things in our life, get those godly characteristics, then what's going to happen? We are going to be people that have a good reputation. We are going to be people with high integrity. So having integrity, really it's a non-negotiable. We have to have it in all of our dealings when we follow Christ. Whether we agree with people, whether we disagree with people, we have to be people of integrity. It's who we are. It's what people see constantly. And guess what? People are always watching. So here's learning number one. I need to be full of integrity to be a good representative of Christ. That's first and foremost. We represent him on this earth. Now, having integrity doesn't mean you're perfect, right? We know there's no perfect people. Having integrity doesn't mean we don't sin, we don't mess up, we don't lose it sometimes, but that is our overall goal. We're always going to have integrity. Integrity means I'm just going to be honest, right? I'm going to be honest with people. I'm going to be truthful with people. I'm going to speak truthfully to others. I'm not going to be deceitful. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be untrustworthy. I'm going to treat everybody the same way, regardless of if they disagree with me politically or socially or culturally or personally, whatever. That's what integrity looks like. James 5.12 says this, but most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. What's that saying? Our word should stand on its own. We should be able to say, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this, and that should stick. We shouldn't have to make an oath or say, oh, I'm going to swear. I swear I'm going to do that. Our word 
should be our word. We often dilute or cheapen our integrity when we have to appeal to something other than our character, right? I swear on a stack of Bibles. You've heard that. Or I swear on my mama's grave, I'll be there. Right? We don't have to do that. Jesus says our word should stand on its own. That's what integrity looks like. As a matter of fact, look at, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 34 through 37. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. That's obviously before hair coloring came out. All right, I'm kidding. All you need is simply, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So if we're going to follow Christ, we have to have integrity with our words. We have to be truthful. We have to speak truthfully. We have to speak completely. And we have to keep our word. We have to keep our commitment. Well, what does it mean to speak the truth? We don't lie, right? And we can lie in a couple different ways. We can lie by not telling the truth, right? Just telling something completely different. Or we can also lie by withholding information, Right, not telling the complete truth or leaving out some details or, or, or by being silent, we're not telling the truth or, or not meaning what we say when we talk to a person, we can withhold the truth. Think about it like this, like a business. Let's say wherever you work in your business, the uh, boss has got to terminate somebody, got to let them go. They're not cutting it. Now, that boss can either sit down and have an honest conversation with that person and tell them why their employment's being terminated, or they can just kind of skirt over the issue so that that person leaves kind of feeling good and there's no hard feelings, right? And I get it's painful sometimes to speak the truth, but if we don't, our dishonesty not only has the potential to damage our reputation and damage our integrity, but it hurts that other person. That person's eventually going to figure out why they were terminated, right? And then they're going to be distrustful of the person who didn't tell them and distrustful of maybe a future businesses. They're not going to learn anything in this life. You know, with that experience, they're going to be resentful. Sometimes just coming out with the truth, the whole truth is better than trying to skirt over it. Proverbs 28, 23, great wisdom. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism more than flattery. So we speak the truth completely. And yes, it can be unpleasant at first, but in the end, I guarantee it's going to be better. And this isn't just important. We use a business example. It's not just important in business. Think about your family. Think about your husband or your wife. If you don't tell your wife the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, it's going to be trouble, right? When we break the trust in a marriage by not telling the truth, we broke everything. You think about it. If you can go back to when you were actually first married, maybe you've been married a long time like I have, that's all you had with each other. You had the trust of each other and you had the truth with each other. I've seen marriages where one spouse hasn't told the truth and the other spouse finds out about it. And you know what happens? The marriage implodes. 
it's very hard to build trust back. But if we constantly walk with integrity and we constantly speak the truth and we speak it completely, we're not going to have to worry about that. Here's something else we need to do. Not only speak the truth and speak it completely, but we need to speak the truth in love. And you, a lot of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture, Ephesians 4.15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become, to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. That's big. Speaking the truth in love. Now think of somebody you know that needs to make a change in their life. Maybe you know they need to make this change in their life. Somebody else knows they need to make this change in their life. They even may uh, know that they need to make this change in their life. People will change easier, smoother, and quicker if the truth is wrapped in love. That's not sugarcoating it. That's biblical. If you speak the truth to someone and there's no love in it, you know what it is? It's an attack. It's ugly. Even if they disagree with you, even if they're so far off the spectrum with where you are on issues, if you can't speak the truth in love, don't speak it at all. If you don't love somebody, you have no business even telling them that truth in their life. It has to come, God says, from a perspective of love. Well, how, Scott, how do I know that I'm speaking the truth in love? Are you doing it for their benefit? Are you speaking to them for their benefit or are you doing it for your benefit? Are you just trying to prove a point? Are you just trying to win an argument? If you are, then I guarantee it's not in love. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, and it may benefit those who listen, that it may benefit those who listen. Key words there, only what is helpful. That's all we should speak, only what's going to be helpful. If it's not helpful, don't speak it. Speak only what's helpful, and what did he say? For building others up. Not what's going to build me up. I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to prove my point. I'm going to get this off my chest. No, only what's going to build them up. Not according to what Scott needs, but according to what the other person needs. If it's not for their benefit, if it's not going to help, if it's not going to meet their needs, then we should probably keep it to ourselves. And remember, just because you know somebody that needs a truth spoken in their life does not mean that person is ready to receive that truth in their life. Any of you that have been married over a week understands this principle right? You got to pick the right time to communicate. That's part of speaking in love. We're going to hit that hard this fall when we do a relationship series, but part of speaking the truth in love is picking the right time to talk to the person. Proverbs 12, 14, wise words bring many benefits and hard work brings rewards. So there's, uh, our words can bring benefits, to our relationships, those people we care about the most in life. Our hard work on the front end can bring rewards to people. So if you're in a conflict right now, maybe with your husband, maybe with your wife, maybe with one of your kids or a coworker, if you're in a conflict, put some thought behind how you're going to deliver this truth. Because you and I have a choice whether we're going to benefit somebody 
or we're just going to use our words to hurt them. And again, remember, that person may not know Jesus. And their eternal destination and their salvation is way more important than you speaking some truth into their life or pointing something out in their life. So if we've got a conflict, integrity says, I'm going to plan out what I'm going to say on the front end. This is always wise. Married couples, this is really wise. Plan out what you're going to say before you just open your mouth and speak it. Because the last thing we want to do is come out with the wrong opening statement and then immediately put the other person on the defensive. I can assure you if we do that, that conversation is not going to go very well. Proverbs 16.23, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. I love the Good News translation of that same passage. It says, intelligent people think before they speak. That's a great verse to memorize. Intelligent people think before they speak. Ecclesiastes 8.6 says this, For there is a time and a way for everything, even when a person's in trouble. Love says, I'm going to do it at the right time. I'm going to do it in the right way. Again, we're working on our integrity. So just as a summary, here's learning number two. Speaking the truth accurately, completely, and in love will build my integrity. You know what another benefit is to working on our integrity uh, or something we should shoot for when it comes to integrity is we don't just want to be known as people who speak the truth completely and in love. We want to be people who are known that speak the truth completely and in love all the time, consistently throughout our life so that anytime anybody has a conversation with us, they know they are going to get the truth that we are going to be totally honest and upfront with them. No matter what's going on in our life, no matter the turmoil, the pressure, our health, we're going to speak the truth consistently in love. How much different would Christianity look today if we did this 100% of the time? Spoke the truth completely, accurately, and in love. If we did it 100% of the time, what would the reputation of Christianity look like in the world? Well, Scott, I speak the truth in love 80% of the time. That doesn't cut it. It's like faithfulness. Oh, I'm faithful to my wife 80% of the time. Try that one at home. It's not going to work very well with you, right? But remember, here's the motivation for us to work on our integrity and speak the truth in love. That verse we read in Ephesians said we become more like Christ. And isn't that the whole goal of our life from the time we accept Christ to the time we leave this earth that we are becoming more and more like his character, working on those things in the fruit of the Spirit, doing the things Christ desires for us to do. And if we'll do that, if we'll speak the truth and love consistently all the time, people are going to be a little more inclined to listen to what we have to say. And they may just be a little more inclined to pursue this person of Jesus that they see in our life and possibly even have a relationship with him. You know, integrity is also crucial to leadership. And I know what some of you are thinking, oh, wait a minute, I'm not a leader. And I would argue we all lead at some point in our life. You may not lead a corporation, you may not lead employees, but you're leading your life. 
right? You're potentially leading your children's life or you're leading, uh, you know, your family's life or your spouse's life or you're leading something as a volunteer at church. We all are leaders at some point and integrity is key to leadership. When we have that leadership hat on, no matter how small or how big it looks, we have to have integrity. People have to trust their leader, right? That's why we always have to speak the truth. All right, they're speaking the truth to me. I trust them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to let them lead me. I want to read you something the scripture said about one of the greatest leaders in history, King David. Psalm 78, 72. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Those two things right there made David an effective leader. His character, that's what we're talking about today, our integrity, our character, and his skill. He cared for them with a true heart. That's integrity. That's, that's character. He led them with skillful hands. That's the talent or the, the competence to do what God had called him to do in leading the people. And he was proficient at his job because he had these two skills. These two skills are necessary to lead anything we're going to lead in life. The character to do it, the integrity to do it, and the skill set to do it, right? You can have one without the other and it's not going to work. You can have all the skill in the world but not have good integrity and you're not going to be a good leader. Or you can have great integrity off the charts, integrity, but you don't know what you're doing. You don't have the skills or the competence to do that job. You're not going to be able to lead, right? The good news is both of these things we can learn. We're learning today about our integrity and building our integrity and building our character, but we can also learn skills. We may not be the greatest leader in whatever we're called to lead, but we can learn the skills to be able to be proficient at it and to do it. David had both of these, and I think these are great characteristics we should look for anytime we're looking for a leader. Right? Maybe you're looking for a leader at work, the next project, the next manager. You're, you know, you're thinking about who you're going to vote for. You're looking for something in your volunteer team. Who's going to lead this? Look for these two things. Do they have integrity? And do they have the general skill set to be able to do the job that I'm asking them to do? So learning number three, working on my character and skills will build my integrity. I don't know about you, but I want to... I want to lead with integrity in my heart. You know, I want to have the skills to do what I'm called to do, and, and I want to know what I'm doing and have that competence, but I want to have integrity in my heart to be able to lead well. That's what David did, and that's what we have to strive for. David was fully committed to integrity, and I know when I say King David in church, the first thing you think about is either David and Goliath or Bathsheba right? Yeah, he, he sinned. Remember I said, when we have integrity, it doesn't mean we don't mess up. doesn't mean we don't sin. But he became committed to his life and his integrity. Listen to Psalm 101, 1 through 7. David writes, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. 
I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house. And liars will not stay in my presence. That was his personal commitment to integrity. He's like, hey, I'm going to be careful of what other people see in my life. I'm going to try to live my life correctly. I'm going to be full of integrity. I'm going to stay away from sinful things, those things that I know from my past trip me up. I'm going to stay away from and not mess with evil. I'm not going to hang around unfaithful people or people without integrity. That's what he's saying. This was 25 plus 100 years ago. It's still so applicable today. What if we did that? What if, as the body of Christ, we lived our lives this way, full of integrity? How much more could we do for the kingdom of God? How many more people would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior just simply because of the way we're living our life? I know we can't save anybody, but a lot of times people get their picture of Jesus from us. So everything we've talked about in this series, handling temptation, dealing with our anger, having good emotional health, uh, being patient with people, treating people with respect, uh, controlling our mouth, getting past a hurt, handling an uncertain future, all of these things, putting our faith into practice, and often it's working on us and working on the things we need to work on, that builds our integrity. We got to remember, someone is always watching. Someone is always listening. Again, that's not to scare us into submission. We want to become more like Christ. But it's always good to remember, hey, the person I'm dealing with, the person that's listening to me, the person I'm communicating to, they may not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But they know I'm a person of integrity and I'm going to keep my integrity and they may just listen to me. So as we pray today, ask God to work on those areas of your life to build your integrity. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much, first of all, for the series that you've given us. Lord, help us with our integrity. We want to live lives full of integrity because Christ, we represent you. Jesus, we represent you here on this earth. That's a scary, scary thought. We don't want people to ever reject you because of something we've done or something we've said or the way we've acted or the way that we've responded. God, help us to speak the truth plainly. Lord, you know there's people here, there's people watching, and and we've got a truth that we need to speak into someone's life. Guide us before we ever open our mouth to do that. Help us to make sure it's in love. Lord, and forgive us the times that We haven't spoken the truth or we haven't spoken the truth in love. And we may have hurt someone. Heal those people that we hurt. If it's somebody that was completely turned off to you because of the way we acted, Lord, we would pray that you would continue to pursue that person and not give up on them. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people, their faithfulness where we just want to do what you called us to do, and that's to reach out to our community and beyond with the love of Christ. 
Lord, we thank you for the team that's uh, here on mission that's visiting with us and heading to Kentucky. Lord, we pray uh, that you would watch over them, that you would give them safety for their entire week, that you would guide their hands as they work with others and help others, that they would be a great reflection of who you are. Lord, be with our kids that have moved up. Uh, Help take away any nervousness they have uh, about the coming school year or even moving up in church. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Amen. As we finish up today, listen, if you would fill out those connection cards on that church center app. If you got prayer requests, put those in. If you're worshiping through generosity today, you can do that online or in the black boxes in the, in the back. I want to encourage you, every week, invite your friends. Maybe you know somebody that doesn't have a church family. Maybe you know somebody who does need the love of Christ in their life. Uh, bring them here on a Sunday with you, and I'll tell them how Christ can change their life. I promise I'll never embarrass anybody single them out, but we've got people all around us in, that are in desperate need of, of Christ in a relationship with Christ. Uh, today is the last day, I think, to sign up for a group. If you haven't gotten in a group for the summer, you can check out our website and check out those groups. Next Sunday, we're kicking off a brand new series, and we're going to talk about your shape. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Not that shape. It's an acronym, all right? Spiritual gifts, heart, ability, personality, and experiences, and how God creates us and puts all those things together to use us to fulfill his purposes on this earth. It's going to be an incredible series. I want to encourage you, if you're not traveling for the fourth, to be with us. And if you are a traveling man, join us with our online campus. They are awesome. I appreciate you guys watching every week. So head to the kids area, get your kids. If you don't have kids, you can beat everybody else to the Hawaiian ice truck. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday afternoon.